Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. So the word celebrate or celebration means to be rejoiceful, to have fun, have a good time, party, enjoy yourself, make merry, celebrate, birthday, the birthday month for me. Who's got a birthday this month? We're going to do it at the end. Celebrate. We're going to celebrate. The day we're born, the day we get married, the person we spend our lives with, <laughs> the person we'd like to be just the way they are. Wonderful. We celebrate winning an award or bringing in a victorious testimony. We celebrate victory, don't we? That's got nothing to do with age. It's got to do with your spirit. It's got to do with an attitude in your spirit. So here we see over in Acts 12, which is always amazing to me, that um, Peter had been put in prison in verse 5, but fervent prayer, fervent prayer, that's hot, white hot, really powerful potential in prayer. You have no idea what God wants to do this morning. No idea what God wants to do in your life. I know I was sitting in the office in Berkeley Square at Conoco, my first job in London, and I just got up and walked over to the table and I banged my hands on it. I said, don't you have anything for my life? I was just totally frustrated. I don't think I talked to God in a long time. At least I don't remember. Last time I talked to him, he told me to type in Norwich when I was about 18 years old. And I went to a secretarial college. And I thought that was the most boring thing in the world. Every time I type now, I say, I celebrate typing. Because I can write books and write prayers and I can type. And sometimes people say to me, you type really quick. And I'm like, oh, do I? Actually, Rod types very quickly. Yes, you do. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> you see what you do to me? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. I am actually. I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. But we have boundaries in our marriage, in our relationship. There's certain things that aren't a part of our lives Kind of like if you're in a friendship, if you're in a marriage relationship, you know, there's certain things that you just don't even go there. You don't even, divorce is not even an issue when that stuff comes in. That's not an issue. The issue is how are we going to celebrate? How are we going to celebrate? And I want to just share with you because really God miraculously led, this is something I was reading from Joyce Meyer the other day, and I'm just going to read it to you before we read Acts 12, Okay. God miraculously fed the Israelites as they traveled through the wilderness, but he gave them only enough for one day at a time. And sometimes we get really antsy because we want it all. But actually, God gives you one day at a time. So we're going to go back after this passage in Acts 12. I want you to go away with, well, three things actually, but I want you to go away with this today. That whatever prison you're in, make fervent prayer. Make fervent prayer. Whatever prison you think you're in, whatever situation you think, oh, this is never going to change, make fervent prayer. Because, yeah, because here in Acts 12, 
Peter was kept in prison, but fervent prayer was made. Fervent prayer. So it's heartfelt, it's passionate, it's intense. It's like, I'm not going to quit until I see the answer. I'm going to deal with any negativity, any attitude I have in my life. And I pray the first thing that you're going to go away with today is fervent prayer. I'm going to make fervent prayer about this. How does Jesus see this situation? How does Jesus look at this situation? How does Jesus look at this person, this situation, this circumstance? Am I looking at it through the eyes of of Jesus. And you can tell when you look at somebody's face if they're shining, if they're blossoming. It's written all over their soul, what they're thinking. Whether it's fear, whether it's contempt, whether it's resentment, whether it's jealousy, whatever it is, you know, oh, Father, we just love you. Just tell him you love him. Let's not come here and sit on a seat and play church and have an expectation because it used to be like this. It's not ever going to be the way it used to be. God's doing something new. He's doing something wonderfully new. So anyway, you know, we like being in charge. We like being in control, don't we? I don't think Peter was in control at all when he was in prison. And I think sometimes... Like Joyce says, we like everything neatly planned out. But God has so many wonderful surprises. Maybe your worst enemy is going to be your best friend in the spirit. And that usually happens. Often I find the people that God calls me to walk alongside are not the people I choose as my best friend. But they teach me how to be loving, how to be forgiving. You know, I always think in Habakkuk 3, 18 and 19, where he says, yet I will rejoice. Why does he say yet? Because he knows if I'm in a difficult, tough time, hey, you know what? Only good is going to come out of it. I feel like God's just kind of given you the whole message this morning with his heartbeat, his timing. We're to be like those of the tribe of Issachar. We're supposed to have that understanding to walk with God, to celebrate him. Where do you celebrate? You celebrate when you In God, you celebrate when you're not like feeling like it. It's not about your feelings. It's about this is what God commands. So what happens is, verse 6, the very night before Herod was about to bring Peter forth, Peter was asleep. He was asleep between two soldiers fastened with two chains and sentries before the door guarding the prison. I mean, he was seriously in prison. You may, you may be looking at situations like, God, there's no way out of this. I don't agree with this. I feel like I'm in prison. This is horrible. I just keep doing this and hitting my head against the wall. But look what happened in verse 7. Suddenly. Suddenly. We love that word, suddenly. Because I had banged my hands on that evening standard when I was 18, 19 years old. I just... God, don't you have anything? I was bored stiff, bored to tears, because I love challenge. I like getting on top of things. I like getting in control and bringing some order. Before I was born again, before I knew that's what we're supposed to do, I'd love to see the whole world come into order. Well, it will one day. I just want to be a part of bringing change. 
One day the whole church will be so awake and so alive that God will be obligated to come get us. Because when the trumpet's blown and he's left his throne, Jesus comes for his very own. Something's going to happen. And none of us know when. All we know is we have a walk in the Spirit. And the walk in the Spirit is one of celebration. It's to celebrate. What can you celebrate? Celebrate your tough times. Celebrate the difficulties. Celebrate where you are because God's not done. Apparently we're still here because God's not done with us. I know that's an exciting thing, but the the thing is that suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared standing beside Peter in prison and a light shone in the place where he was and the angel gently smote Peter on the side and, and awakened him and said, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. You know, oh, there's an army of angels with us. An army of angels. I have enough angels that walk with me wherever I go. They're just waiting for me to issue the word of God to say, go deal with this. Go deal with this. You know, and they will supernaturally and suddenly. And I'm not to get my head involved and get all kind of like, oh, I got to figure it out. I got to be in control. We have no, we have no knowledge really other than God is with us. We have no knowledge of the how. I don't know how he's going to bring all the goodness he wants to bring to my life, but I know he's called me to shine. I know he's called me to be Christ-like, and I know it's tough and it's not easy. And some of you look at other people and you think, oh, it's easy for them. No, they've come through their trials, or they're coming through them. We all have things to deal with, okay? We all get put in the hot seat. And I know when Rod was diagnosed with having 20 months to live, it sent me winging, and you've heard me share it before. But it put me in the hot seat, and it made me realize, I'm look, I was looking at the time when we were in St. Mark's Mayfair, there were about 60 people who didn't really have souls that were shining. They were kind of embedded in where they were. And I knew that God had brought me into that situation to stir up the waters, to look at Exodus 16, 16. Let's go there and let's take a look at it now. Come on, let's just go there and look at it. Because he's called us to be a church of overcomers. That's who we are. That's why we come to this church. Because we don't like, we don't like the way things are always in our lives. There. It's amazing, Exodus 16, 16. Listen, verse 2 says, the whole congregation of Israelites murmured. That was like, I forget, two or five million people. They were all murmuring. They were all me, me, me. Sorry, but that's what they were doing against the leaders, Moses and Aaron. And they were in the wilderness. Well, where are we going next week? Where are we going to be? Where's church? Oh, it would be wonderful if we had our own building. Oh, it would be wonderful if this, if that. You know, it's got nothing to do with that. Life is not about it would be wonderful if I had my Bentley out there. It would be a nicer drive home. No, the dogs would still jump in the back, wouldn't they? 
They better have a CD and a tape cassette in it. That's all I'm going to say. I could care less about that stuff because I know that I know that I know God hasn't called me to murmur. God's called me here. You, if you want to know how to overcome your situation, look in Exodus 16. Read it for yourself. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But Exodus 16 is a very clear principle of steps, what to do. If you, want to, if you don't like where you're at, do this. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. That's what they were murmuring about. Oh, my life was better when I lived around the Rolling Stones or I worked for the Beatles. Oh, my life was so much better. That's a good murmur. That's not true. My life is the best today. And my life's only going to get better because I'm going to celebrate my life. I'm going to shift into the new season. In January, I said to you, here's a word, faith. Huh? In February, I said, here's a word, blessing. Learn how to bless someone. In March, I said, here's a word, war. We don't really like that too much. In April, I said, here's a word, your mind. Think about your mind. Think about Romans 12 too, the entire renewal of the mind. That's one of the verses that was given to me when I was first a Christian. The entire renewal. Now here's a word in May, celebrate. Celebrate. You say, I don't know how to celebrate. Read Exodus 16. I don't care what your situation. Here's here's tens of thousands murmuring to Moses and to Aaron, having a good murmur and a good moan. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from the heavens for you. They were fed up. They didn't like fasting. They didn't like not eating. And God said, I'll give you the provision that you need. God's got the right job. He's got you in the right relationship. If he hasn't, get out of it. I'm not talking about marriage. If you're married, you're married. Hello. Sorry, I didn't quite hear it. I'm married. I'm married to you. 33? 33 years. Woohoo! We've been through some stuff. But you know what? Whatever situation you're in, learn to hear from the Lord. The Lord says, Behold, I will rain bread from the heavens for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Every day. If you're not doing this stuff every day, please don't keep coming whining and murmuring. You've got to do it every day. You've got to stay on it. You've got to stay in the Word. Hey, we give you these. Pick these up and take them home. And in it, if you look in the Message Bible, they're going to put it up on the screen, Matthew 5, 9. Here's our prayer for you. We pray that you will bless other people and how to cooperate together. Instead of competing or fighting, we pray you, we all, will discover who we really are and find our places in God's family and in our own families.
You can take it home. You, can, you don't have to keep fighting. You just find your place. If you're called to serve, which we all are, serve. If you're called to make a shift, make a shift. If you're called to pray, which we all are, learn how to pray. I love the Message Bible. There's, um, there's another passage I asked Elizabeth to bring up on the message. Because I want you all to know each one of you can learn how to be an overcomer. And here's what God says in Isaiah 42:16. I'll take you by the hand. I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way. You say, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going to be next month. God says, I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going. I'll be a personal guide to them, directing them through unknown country. I know when God began to deal with me about coming back to England, I just kind of laughed. I was like, you must be joking. Everybody's sick and unemployed, and it rains all the time. And I love England. (laughs) I do. I do love England. I'm here, all right? I love it. And I pray for it with love. But I do get tired of the, I'm sick or I'm unemployed, I don't have enough money. Well, call some in. You need money, call it in. Money, come. (laughs) Stop all that stupid thinking. Okay, anyway, let me not go off on the thing. I'll be right there to show them what roads to take. Oh, thank God. It's horrible to get stuck in a rut. I'll make sure they don't fall into the ditch. These are the things I'll be doing for them, sticking with them, not leaving them for a minute. I know I get in some situations, and I know you do. You think, oh, my God, where's God? He's there. You're not going to go in the ditch. He's going to be leading you and guiding you. Don't worry about it. Oh, Father, please help us. Help us to learn what it means to overcome when, when all these Israelites were in this situation in Exodus 16, we're still there. Or go back there if you've just flipped over. You know, God's got a plan. We've sung it, but it's more than singing a song. It's actually knowing it. I know God has a plan for my life. I know he hasn't put me in the middle of this music and worship. Not to just leave me there. I know he's been planning from day one to bring me into the place he wants me. I know that from day one, God saw you. He knew the places you'd be weak. He wasn't going to condemn you. He's just going to say, come on, come this way, come this way. So Exodus 16 is really important because it's important to know and understand when you go in to possess your promised land, you're going to have to spend time in God's word. You come to church because you have needs. You come to church because you want to celebrate Jesus because we have one thing together. You come to church because it's the right thing to do. You come to church because you've been trained to come to church, right? But we come to church 
to learn more about God's will. And we hear testimonies week after week of people overcoming difficult situations. You say, I don't know how to overcome my situation. I can't change it. Of course you can't, but God can. And we're always going to tell you God can change your marriage. He can change your job. He can change what you're doing. He, he will do it. He can change your mind. He can change your attitude. He's God. Nothing is impossible to him. You say, well, I've listened to all these messages that uh, Pastor Rod's taught about. I don't want to be burned at the stake. Well, who does? Nobody wants to choose that kind of persecution. But you have to make a decision. I'm not going to be afraid of my future. I remember when the Brexit happened and the Christian radio program, we were up at the barn and I was having a wonderful time of prayer and I did not want to be disturbed. And they said, can you give us a couple of minutes on how to pray? Because there's so much confusion. I said, there isn't any confusion. What nonsense is this? Confusion is not from God. I'm not afraid of the future. So they said, can we call you back in 10 minutes and can you just pray over us all on the air? So I said, sure, I guess I can. I just refuse to be confused. Confusion is not from God. That's not from God. I refuse that. There's only good in my future. There's only good. There's only good. There's only healing. There's only life. There's only provision. I have to keep going back day by day, one day at a time. God's got some suddenlies for today, and I'm ready for them. God's got some suddenlies that chosen. I'm ready. We were up at the barn last week, and I was walking around, and I was thinking to myself, gosh, what do you have? And I thought, well, it's good. <laughs> it's going to be good. That's all I know when I step out in these things. I don't owe anybody anything. Then I suddenly start walking down this road of doing a gathering, some holy gathering. You know, it's an annual thing. And uh, I feel like we need to kind of look at what God gives us with our finances, with our time, with our time together. We get a chance to spend two or three days together in the presence of people like Pastor Steve and the team that he brings over. They come all the way from California. It's quite extraordinary what actually happens to us, this little group of people that wander around in the wilderness wondering, where are we, where, where are we going now? And what did, what did God say to them? He said to Moses and Aaron, he said, listen, in the morning you shall see my glory. You're going to see tomorrow morning the glory of God. Are you looking for that? Are you wondering where that is? Are you wondering what's happening? Well, what happens tonight in the evening? Oh, my gosh, there's so much here. We could happily, we'll happily have a Bible school. We will happily have a Bible school again. We will have one. We will. Because we like to just, we could just do this all day long. We could just teach and pray and worship. Receiving communion is not just a Sunday morning thing. It's, it's like, it's my life. If I'm going into a lot of warfare and I see that darkness, I want to keep my heart right. And I need God's help. 
God's the one who has to help me keep my heart. It's no good me being uppity and brittle and cranky. I've got to keep my heart right. It's no good being arrogant. God is not arrogant, and he's got all the answers. You know, I love the songs Lucy sings because they're about overcoming. And that's what God taught us in the beginning. He said, come on, I'm going to teach you faith. I'm going to strengthen your faith. I'm going to teach you how to overcome. Yes, you're going to go through some tough times. But, 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 but God, I don't just walk through the earth on my own. You think everybody loves me or likes me? No. Think everybody wants to hear what I have to say? No. You think everything is just easy? I just spend 30 years on one project and it actually gets harder? No, I've got to keep pressing through. And God said to the Israelites, he said, I want you to celebrate me. And the way you're going to celebrate me is you get enough for you and your family. Read this here in Exodus 16. It's, it's extraordinary. I can hardly see it because I can hardly see it. I need glasses. And that's just the bottom line. So he says in verse 12, I've heard the murmurings of the Israelites speak to them saying, at twilight, at twilight, you shall eat meat. And between the two evenings, you shall be filled Sometimes I think, well, how are you going to bring this 800 million? Why do you give me a dream about that? And then Ray Hughes' wife said to me, you know, God was trying to get you to think differently. And I said, well, I sure have been. The last year has been very different. I no longer think the way I used to think a year ago. But does it mean i am lost my focus. No, I haven't lost my focus. I think God wants to bless every one of us. But we're going to have to think differently. The mind is really important. And it's going to be really important this month that you learn to say thank you. You learn to celebrate. You learn to rejoice. We all got really excited in the spirit when we were saying thank you this morning. I'm so excited because God knows how He's going to do what he's going to do. So I have a great future. It might look doomy and gloomy sometimes. Sometimes I watch things. The other night you had me watch that thing about the music business. And I was like, I can't believe I used to live in that place of doom. But I used to be in that place of doomy, gloomy. But it gets better. But I'm going to be a Christian at all times. I'm going to... I'm going to walk it out, even though it's really tough. Oh, gosh, help us, Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you right now. Help me get through this tough time. Help me, Holy Spirit, celebrate. We're all in prisons in different ways. But I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you teach us. You teach us. You teach us not to murmur, not to complain, not to be unforgiving. Jesus, you said, we only go through divorces when we harden our hearts. Let us not have hard hearts. That's so ugly. There's no blusher. There's no makeup women that can cover up a hard heart. 
There's nothing, men. There's nothing you can wear or drive or be that can cover up a hard heart. There's nothing. Jesus wants you to be soft-hearted. doesn't want you to be stupid, but he wants you to be soft-hearted. And I was looking the other day, we were driving somewhere out there in the country, and I was looking at the sheep, and I was thinking, we're supposed to be like sheep because they just keep eating the grass. Because here in Exodus 16, you want to be an overcomer, you've got to keep reading the word. You've got to keep letting God speak to you. We we shared in the women's meeting, and I shared with you last time. I get up in the morning, and I don't go to my emails, and I don't do things, stuff, work, admin. I go to the word. I say, God, talk to me. And he does every morning. And it's not always what I like to hear. Quite often, it isn't. He's correcting me. He's cleaning me. He's keeping me on the straight path. And that's okay. That's okay. But I go to him first because I have no idea what good things or bad things are going to come throughout the day. All I know is you're going to teach me to be an overcomer. And I can't get enough today for tomorrow. Because when I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't know what's going to be there tomorrow morning. I've just got to go and read. And I have a little area at Calais Street and in the barn where I have kind of my devotion books and different Bibles. And I pick them up and read them. And I read until I feel settled inside. Do you feel settled deep down inside? Are there things that are concerning you? Are you worried? Are you worried about the future? You need to ask God. He's got a, he, he's, he's got a great plan for tomorrow. He's got a great plan for your lives. So in Exodus 16, down in verse uh, 15, when the Israelites saw what God provided, they called it manna. What's this? I mean, you know, you can teach us several different ways, but the bottom line is, this is provision? I don't get it. Maybe you feel like God's provided something in your life and you don't necessarily think, this is it? This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what my life is all about. But I've got a dream in my heart. This is what the Lord has commanded. Let every man, verse 16, this I love this verse, gather of it as much as he will need an omer. Remember what the pot of omer was? Pot of omer was for an overcomer. Listen, if you're defeated, if you're in a situation where you're not overcoming, you haven't got the word of God. I know that can sound really condemning, but it's not. It's just the bottom line. Because Exodus 16, he said, Let every man gather a pot of omer for each person according to the number of of your persons. Take it, every man, for those in his tent. Listen, I have to get enough food for my family, for the team who helped me birth, birth and 
move into what God's got. God's got something. I'm a pioneer. I'm a leader. I didn't choose it. God chose it. So it's up to God to lead and guide me to the place of victory. It's not my responsibility, but it is my responsibility to stand and having done all stand. It is my responsibility to get dressed spiritually every day. And when I rise up in the spirit, I say, Yahoo, celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. I'm only heading for victory. That's the only place I'm going. That doesn't feel right. 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 right. But this feels right. I am headed for victory. And I'm not going to bow down to the beggarly elements of this world. I am not. I've got to step into where you're leading me, because you promised never to forsake me. It is so tough. It's so uncomfortable right now, some areas. But you know what? It's subject to change because you're God and you're going to suddenly come with your army of angels. So I pray this morning you'll understand something. Three things. One, you may be in prison, but suddenly... You're going to get woken up. The angels are going to wake you up. Two, if you'll stick in the word, you'll be overcoming whatever it is for you, for your family, for those people around you. It's going to work out. But three, you're going to be fervent and passionate because God's got a plan. God's got a great plan. He's got a plan for tens of thousands of people out there. And I'm going to remember those three things. I'm going to, te- I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate. I may have a mundane Monday to Friday sometimes, but I'm going to celebrate. And I'm just going to ask you, think about what can you celebrate right now? And usually it's going to be the dark places. Why don't you come and sing your song, Lucy, and... Man, come on up. I have no idea. Hey, let's finish early. <laughs> let's make someone happy. <laughs> let's make somebody happy. Okay. So God's got a plan. <coughs> I'm going to celebrate. We have a word. And I pray. I really do seek God for the Hebraic calendar and the word. How can you celebrate this? How can you blossom? How can you come into your place? It'll probably be a sacrifice. It'll probably be, it'll cost you because that's just what life's about in God. It means my flesh can't go the way it wants to go always. But I want you to pray for the person next to you, pray for somebody in your family. I want you to celebrate, yeah? We're talking about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know God says the thoughts and plans I have for you. They're plans for good. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 